Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. A prayer that I pray now and then is, Lord, where I'm wrong, correct me, because I don't want to be teaching false doctrine on this TV show. So, Lord, correct me when I'm off. We did a show recently, and the question came up, do you need to hear about Jesus to be saved? And my response was basically, well, the only sure way we know of to be saved is to hear about Jesus and believe in him. But then I had a little wiggle room in there. And after the show, I wondered, did I mispreach things? Well, and I think this was the Lord answering a prayer. So shortly thereafter, after I prayed that, I was at a garage sale. And this lady has a book by Pastor John Piper, a Calvinist Baptist. I'm a Lutheran, but we have a lot in common. And John is stubbornly biblical. And the book is called Jesus, the Only Way to God. Must you hear the gospel to be saved? And he pointed out some verses that I hadn't thought of, like um, from uh, 1 Thessalonians 2. Uh, These unbelievers hinder us from speaking to the Gentiles that they might be saved. So the apostles needed to preach to people for them to be saved. Here's another verse, uh, Romans 10. We're going to look at that. That's the passage today. To to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus, you first have to hear about him so you can believe in him. Uh, Another verse is from 1 Corinthians 1. God has chosen through what we, the apostles, preach to save those who believe. And then some people point to Cornelius in Acts chapter 11 of an example of a person who was saved before he heard about Jesus. Actually, look at it carefully. Just the opposite is true. The angel says to Cornelius, Acts 11, Peter will declare to you a message by which you will be saved. So the question for this half hour is, do you have to hear about Jesus to be saved? Would you take out your Bible Turn with me to Romans chapter 10. This is a question that I get periodically throughout my ministry. It's a question on a lot of people's hearts. Do you have to hear the gospel to be saved? Romans chapter 10, and let's pray first. Father, we do want to pray for the countless millions of people that have not heard of Christ, that somehow you would get them a missionary or a preacher, that they would believe in Jesus and be saved. And Lord, speak to us now through these verses what our responsibility is as believers. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans chapter 10, the Apostle Paul writes to the Christians in Rome. We're going to look at Romans chapter 10 starting at verse 13. The Apostle Paul writes, For whoever, excuse me, for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. Here's the first lesson I want you to get. The good news of everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. We've been doing this TV show now for 27 years, and I've had some marvelous guests that have been on our show. We had a former prostitute on this show. 
We had a woman who was into the New Age movement, kind of witchcraft. We've, we had a nurse here that did abortions. Uh, we've had former homosexuals. And there's good news. No, everyone who calls upon Jesus, no matter what you've done, you may think you're too sinful for the Lord to forgive and love you. You've got to grasp the verse. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus will be forgiven and saved. Hallelujah. And then I want you to notice something in verse 13. Everyone who calls on the Lord will be saved. The word Lord there refers to Jesus. We know that because of verse 9 prior where they're talking about Jesus is the Lord. So I want you to get this. The Apostle Paul thinks it's proper to pray to call upon Jesus. You can pray to Jesus. That means the Apostle Paul believed Jesus is God. In this verse, in Romans uh, 10, 13, Paul is quoting the Old Testament book of Joel. Call upon the Lord and you will be saved. In the Old Testament, in context, Joel is talking about Jehovah God. Paul takes that verse and in the New Testament, he applies that to Jesus. So in Paul's mind, Jesus is the Old Testament Jehovah God. So my point is, because Jesus is God, it's proper to pray to him. I had a woman say to me, you know, Pastor Brock, my Lutheran pastor made fun of me because I pray to Jesus. And this pastor said, don't do that. That's like praying to Mary. Is that right? And I said, no, that's not right. You can pray to Jesus. There's one God, three persons. You can pray to God the Father. You can pray to God the Son, Jesus. You can pray to the Holy Spirit. There's one God. So when, one, when you pray to one, there's, they're one. You, they all hear. But now the norm is you pray to God the Father, and then you close your prayer in Jesus' name. But there are instances in the New Testament, like right here, of people praying directly to Jesus. That's fine. You know, I, I remember a lady, dear Christian lady, who was in pain for, for years. And she said, Pastor Tom, there are days that I, I can't do anything but to say over and over the word, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Call upon the name of the Lord. I mean, the Orthodox Church has, has an ancient prayer they call the Jesus Prayer, and it goes like this. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And they kind of pray it over and over. Normally you pray to God the Father in Jesus' name, but it's fine to pray right to Jesus. Now we're going to look at the six steps of salvation. Here is how a person gets saved. And this will answer our question of the day, do you have to hear about Jesus to be saved? Romans chapter 10, look at verse 14. How then will they call on him, Jesus, in whom they have not believed? And how will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? And how will they preach unless they are sent? All right. Those are the six steps of salvation. They're kind of backwards, so let's invert them. First step of salvation is this. A preacher is sent. Second step is the preacher preaches. Third step is a person hears. Fourth step is a person believes. Fifth step is that person then calls upon Jesus. And the last step is then that person is saved. I want us to go back through and, and look at each step. Step number one to be saved, the preacher is sent. 
that talks about the centrality of world missions. It is so important that your church sends out missionaries, that your church, part of your church budget is for world missions. Do you know a tragedy of modern liberal Protestant denominations? The number of missionaries they send out now in recent decades has gone way down. That's tragic. The first step in salvation is the preacher is sent. Step number two, the preacher preaches. You know, your pastor, wherever you go to church, his main job is not to counsel or be an administrator or be a scholar or to be a politician. The main job of the preacher is to preach. And the tragedy in, that's happening in America, we have a lot of preachers that don't preach Christ. Some of them preach positive thinking, but they don't preach Christ. There was a, there's a very large liberal Methodist church here in Minneapolis. Their pastor used to have a set Sunday morning live call-in show. And I would listen to it as I got ready to go to preach on Sunday mornings. The show was so awful. He did not preach Christ. You know the main message of his radio show? Let's be nice. And he preached that Christian Jews, Muslims, we all believe the same God. And I never once heard him preach how to be saved. And finally, I could take it no more. I called in. We had quite the discussion on the air. But uh, the problem with a lot of churches is they preach nice stuff, but they don't preach Christ crucified, which is what Paul preached. I will tell you this. The ELCA Lutheran Church, the head bishop, her name is Elizabeth Eaton, she said a while ago, the church so is not so much about saving souls. That's God's job. So if you go to the ELCA Lutheran website, you see them lots of articles on climate change and you know, economic disparity and protecting Palestine and um, immigration reform. And, and you know, again, in the ELCA Lutheran Church, the number of missionaries has gone way down because people are embracing the heresy that everybody goes to heaven whether you believe in Jesus or not. So let's bring the missionaries home. And, and no, to be saved, the preacher has to be sent. And then the preacher has to preach not flowers, Christ needs to be preached. And when she says that it's not the church's job to save people, it's God's job, yeah, but God gave that job to the church. Do you remember the last words of Jesus on earth? Go ye therefore and make disciples of all the nations. What do you mean it's not the job of the church to save souls? So far, to be saved, a preacher has to be sent. Number two, the preacher needs to preach Christ. But the third step in salvation is this, a person hears. You have to hear the, the gospel. I've, I've shared this before. Years ago, I went home to Omaha to hear one of my favorite preachers. Uh, he's, he's long retired, he's still alive, but my, this person can preach. <laughs> I'm sitting in the back row. The preacher's preaching a dynamite sermon. There's a family in front of me. During the sermon, mom is on the edge of her seat. Dad, through the whole sermon, is like this. And the teenage daughter, who drove me nuts through the sermon, is going, And this was a good sermon. But you know what? Not three people heard the sermon that day. One person heard the sermon. And you know, 
Satan is, when a preacher is preaching the gospel, Satan is worried because he knows if you hear it and believe it, you're going to be saved. So you know what the devil does at church? He gets you to think about the football game coming up. Anything to distract you from the preaching. I, uh, I've had parents tell me, you know, Pastor Tom, the most difficult hour of the week is the hour before church when we're trying to get our kids ready for church. It's like all hell breaks loose. I think that's true. Satan does not want you and your family to hear the gospel. I mean, I can remember my last fist fight with my brother. I was 20 years old, he was 18, and we were on our way to church. <laughs> so here's the steps. Number one, the preacher has to be sent. Number two, he has to preach Christ. Third step is you have to hear it, and the devil will do whatever he has to to get you not to hear it. Fourth step of salvation. A person believes, not enough to hear it, a person has to believe in Christ to be saved. Jesus had a little church of 12 people. One of them was an unbeliever. In your church, do you have unbelievers in your church? You better believe you do. If Jesus' little church of 12 had, had Judas, you have unbelievers in your church. But that's, it's not enough to hear it. You've got to believe it. A person believes. I will tell you, years ago, a lady called me and she said, Pastor Tom, my atheist husband is dying. Would you come visit? And I knew this lady, dear Christian woman. I went over to her house. Her husband was in a hospital bed in the middle of their living room. And I gently shared the gospel. Mr. So-and-so, it looks like you don't have much time, but you know, we're sinners. We need to believe that Jesus died for our sins and rose from the dead. And if you're sorry for your sin, won't you accept Christ and let him come into your heart and forgive your sins? And he looked at me with some anger and he said, no. And I'll never forget this. I saw his wife get on her knees next to the bed, hold her husband's hands and said, John, won't you accept Christ? And he looked at her and said, no. And the next day he died. Do you know how accountable that man is now before God? The preacher was sent for. He went and he preached Christ. He heard it and he said no. Because the fourth step of salvation is you have to believe in Christ to be saved. Fifth step. You then call on the name of the Lord. You pray. To call on the name of the Lord Jesus means you pray to him. Now, let's say there's someone who goes to church every Sunday, but they never pray. Are they saved? I don't think so. You know, you have to call on the name of the Lord to be saved. And to say I'm a Christian, but I never pray, is like saying I'm a football player, but I've never played football. So, you know, I just urge you, if you don't have a, you just, you just got to start talking to God. <laughs> don't get too concerned about whether you do it right. Just start praying, calling upon the name of the Lord. I remember years ago, uh, a young adult woman of our church uh, came to me and she said, you know, Pastor Tom, my mom and dad, and her mom and dad were older people that came to my church every Sunday. And she said, I have never in my life seen my mom or dad pray once, not before a meal, not when a, you know, I have never seen my parents pray. And that worried me. How many people in church come because it's a custom or because grandpa did it 
and they have no relationship with Christ. To be saved, a preacher has to be sent. He needs to preach Christ. You need to believe it. And then you need to call upon the name of the Lord. You pray to him. And then the last step. If you do that, it says, you will be saved. Saved simply means your sins are forgiven. You're going to heaven. All right. Let's look at verse 15. How will they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. Now I want you to stop and ask yourself this question. Whose feet brought me the good news? Do you remember who, who talked to you about Jesus maybe years ago? I want to encourage you, if that person's alive, send them a letter. Make a phone call and say, I just want to say thank you for talking to me about Jesus years ago. And, and then I want, want to ask you one more question from this verse. Whose feet are you to bring the gospel to? I mean, can you think of somebody that this week the Lord would use you to go talk to that person about Jesus? Look at verse 16. However, they, and he's talking about the unbelieving Jews now, did not all heed the good news, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Here's the next lesson. Even the Old Testament prophet Isaiah got rejected, so don't give up. I like Campus Crusade for Christ's definition of witnessing, sharing the gospel. Here's the definition of witnessing. Witnessing is sharing the good news of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit and leaving the results to God. Our job, Christian, is to talk to, about people, talk to people about Jesus, but we leave the results to God. Now verse 17. So faith comes, and this answers the question, do you have to hear about Jesus to be saved? So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. You know, somebody asks me now and then, how do I get stronger faith? What's the answer to that from Romans 10, 17? Faith comes by hearing. So, if you don't have on your iPhone, it's free, the app called Bible.is, you know what I love to do? Lay in bed and the, the, they just read the Bible to me out loud and it's free. Uh, faith comes by hearing. You need to go to a good church where you will hear good Biblical preaching. If you want to build your faith, you listen to the Bible, you read the Bible, you hear good sermons, you listen to Christian radio. But to build up your faith, it comes from hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Well, let me just uh, make one more point here. Last lesson. Beware of hearing and not obeying. The ancient Jews heard about Christ. Some of them accepted Christ. Some of the Jews were saved. But overwhelmingly, they didn't reject or accept. Beware of hearing the word of God and not obeying it. Again, I think of that atheist husband in that bed, hospital bed. He heard the word of God and he rejected it. But I want to close by just showing you an example of how people are saved. Here's the story. <coughs> I get a phone call. Pastor Brock, um, my husband's an atheist, but he likes you. He sees your TV show, and he's dying. Would you come visit him? And, you know, honestly, I normally don't go because I don't, 
I, I'm only one human and I can't go all over the Twin Cities or whatever. Normally I say no, but I said to her, well, let me, th I'll call you right back, I said. And I just prayed, and it was as if you get over there. So I called her back. Well, you know what? She lived two blocks from my church, it turns out. She didn't go to my church. So I, I, I drive over there, and here her husband is in a wheelchair, kind of crippled up, kind of a cranky old guy. And, and I walked into their home and sat down, and she sat next to me on the couch. He's in the wheelchair. Well, I don't know if I believe in the Trinity. I said, well, the Bible teaches there's one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We should believe in the Trinity. And, and then I preached the gospel to him. You know, we're sinners only by Christ's death and resurrection. Do you believe? Isn't it time for you to say, Lord, forgive my sins. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. And this whole time, I'm hearing his wife pray under her She's praying in tongues next to me <laughs> under her breath. And, and I said, would you like to receive Christ? She's been praying for him for 50 years. And you know what he says? You know, I would. <laughs> and, we, and she went crazy. We prayed a prayer, and he accepted Christ. And within two or three days, he was dead. But I want you to notice how he was saved. The preacher was sent for. The preacher went, and he preached Christ. He heard it, he believed in it, he called upon the name of the Lord Jesus, and now he is saved. That is the way every person is saved. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor's study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us not only his knowledge of scripture, but his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. You know, Pastor Brock, your sermon today is really a tough topic because you think about people who never hear of Jesus mm -hmm. or a Savior, mm -hmm. and God created those people, yeah. and yet you're saying they're never going to see heaven? Yeah. And you know, Jackie, there's, there's part of the answer to that is it's not like we all deserve heaven and how dare God not save us. The truth is, for you, for me, for any person on the planet, whether you've heard or not, the way we treat God, he, he has full rights not to save us at all. If he's, you know, the, the, I heard this once. The miracle of grace is, why doesn't God save everybody? The miracle of grace is, given the way we treat God, why does he save anybody? So that's part of the answer. But, you know, some people have taught that if you truly do seek God without hearing of him, he'll get you a missionary. That, that's one, one way people have handled that. You know, some of this, it, it's, all I can tell you again, Jackie, is this book by John Piper, Jesus, The Only Way to God, really showed some verses where it's kind of clear, you have to hear about Christ, you have to hear the gospel to be saved. And I'll, I'll plug him, if you go to desiringgod.org, he's got wonderful sermons. You can just push the button and hear him preach. He, he's one of my favorite preachers, so there you go. But isn't it our fault? that yes. somebody isn't oh. hearing? Jackie, when I see that these churches, denominations that used to be good denominations like the Methodist Church, ELCA Lutherans, the United Church of Christ, the Episcopal Church, uh, these churches which used to have rip-roaring missionary programs because they, they're into liberal theology that everybody is saved, you don't need to believe in Christ to be saved, they're bringing the missionaries home. And they're, they're, and, but the thing is, not only are the missionary numbers down, these denominations have lost a lot of people. So yes, there's a lot of fault on our side of the fence. 
Okay, Pastor Brock, is there ever a time when we should stop talking with people who want no part of Christ? Well, Jackie, you remember when Jesus sent the apostles out to preach, and he said, you know, go and preach, but if they refuse to hear you, shake the dust off your feet and move to the next town. So I do think sometimes you have a relative or a loved one, and you share the gospel, and they're just hard-hearted. Time to move on. Pray for them, but... Is America still sending out as many missionaries as they used to? You know, I don't know the answer to that because here's what's happened. These liberal Protestant mainline churches are not, but you know what's replacing those churches in America? The churches that are growing are these evangelical, non-denominational type churches. Those churches send a lot of missionaries out. So overall, I'm not sure the answer to that. You talked about hearing the Bible is important, but how do you study the Bible mm -hmm. so that you really understand mm -hmm. it? Yeah, I mean, Jackie, I don't just lay on my bed and listen to Bible.is. I like to do that if I can't sleep. But I also study the Bible almost every day. And I have, again, I've done it many times on this show. I recommend the English Standard Version ESV Study Bible. Uh, go to the Christian bookstore and get some other good one volume commentaries on the Bible, or if, if you really want to study Romans, which is a great book, you get a whole Bible study commentary just on the book of Romans. But every Christian should have some commentaries. Okay, as long as we're talking about prayer, we pray to God the Father in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Is it wrong to pray to the Holy Spirit then? Or? Well, you know, I don't think it is. I will say, though, I don't, I don't see one clear instance in the New Testament <coughs> where it says they prayed to the Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean they didn't, and it doesn't mean you can't, but we do have a, a lot of instances of prayer to God the Father. We have less, but instances of prayers to Jesus directly. But regarding praying to the Holy Spirit, uh, if somebody can find the verse, send it in. But I, again, I do, and I think you can, but there's not a clear biblical precedent for it don't that we, I know of. Don't we pray in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit? Y yeah, well, we pray in the name of Jesus. We baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and okay. Holy Spirit. Yeah. Good, good catch. Yeah. Okay. What are some missions that you suggest people should be supporting? Yeah. I guess? We talked you know, about I, ones that are kind of off the wall. I, I love Campus Crusade for Christ. They have been sending missionaries around the globe for over 50 years, I believe. Uh, you can Google Campus Crusade for Christ. You can send your money there for missions. Again, if your church doesn't have some missionaries they support, you really should. If you're a Lutheran, find some good evangelical Lutherans and send them overseas. But, yeah, there's uh, lots of good missions to support. But beware, uh, Jackie, I'm so sick of these, these preachers on TV that just, you know, you send me your money, I'm going to send you Miracle Spring Water, and you're going to, that stuff is so evil. We should be sending our money not to those people. We should be sending it to ministries that, that are upright with money. If it doesn't have the ECFA seal on it, Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability, uh, you want to look for that uh, before you give. Okay, you touched on a lot of things that we could probably even go a lot further on. We may have to do some questions in the future about mm -hmm. some of those things. Um, we want to thank you for being with us this week. We pray that God be w would be with you this week, granting you his richest blessings until we're together again next time. Thank you for watching the Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? 
you may do so at pastorstudy.org or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. Mm-hmm.